Hello, and welcome to Fly Over the Groove, the Michelle Brangwen Dance Ensembles podcast. I'm Michelle Brangwen. Thank you for listening. I want to send my best thoughts out to everyone, everywhere, who's listening. I realize that some people say the pandemic is over, but of course we know that it isn't in many ways and on many levels for many people. It is a difficult time in the world. And I wanted to share something a little light with you, a little story about how I came upon the title Asa Nisi Masa for the Michelle Brangwen Dance Ensemble's latest dance and music film. I also wanted to share with you a little bit about the artistic process and my feelings about it. So I hope you'll join me for this short story essay about the inspiration for Asanisi Masa, a dance and music incantation. Before I begin, if you're not familiar with the Michelle Brangwen Dance Ensemble, just a brief word about our work. We are a contemporary dance and music ensemble. In 21 years, every performance has included live original music and the musicians as integral parts of the visual stage imagery. We function like a jazz band, and along with set choreography and written music, we also use improvisation that comes out of the form and content of the work. Asanisi Masa is our third dance and music film that we made during the pandemic. It has choreography and costumes and editing by me, Michelle Brangwin. The music is composed by Danielle Reich and Tim Higgins and Thomas Halton in collaboration with each other. It features dancers Robin Gilbert Campos, Christian Laverde Koenig, and myself, and musicians Tim Higgins trumpet, Danielle Reich voice, Thomas Halton bass, Robin Verhaen saxophone, soprano saxophone, and John Arabagon Sopranino. You can watch Asanisi Masa and all the films that we've made during the pandemic on our website, brangwindance.org, and also on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash brangwindance. Asanisi Masa, Dance and Music as Incantation. It is April of 2021, and I am staring at my five foot by six foot piece of Marley dance floor laid over plastic tiles and held down at the end with stacks of books. Each of the four edges is nestled dangerously close to the surrounding furniture. I was about to begin working on choreography for our third project created during the pandemic, and I thought, I don't think I have one more dance in me that could be created in so small a space. A tiny voice in my head replied, well, you better. My creative work is channeled into a professional performing ensemble of dancers and musicians that I have led for 21 years. Aside from keeping true to my ensemble's mission of creating and producing work year round, I felt that continuing to work during the past year and a half was, for me, like continuing to breathe. I have heard artists say during this time, 
I'm not going to create work just for the sake of creating work. And I respect that point of view, although I don't personally share it. I don't think making work for the sake of making work and making strong work are mutually exclusive endeavors. Creating is a journey, and regardless of limitations or generous resources, either one, you don't know where it will take you until you begin. During the pandemic, seeing my dancers smiling faces on Zoom every week made my living room just lift off into the heavens. The jokes, the good-naturedness about the technical difficulties, the enthusiasm, it gave me the courage to keep going. It was the only time I felt a degree of normalcy when almost nothing about life was as it had been. As we began work on our third film, Asa Nisimasa, in the spring of this year, we decided to work together on the rooftop once we had all completed the vaccination process. We began again via Zoom with the idea that soon we could rehearse together on the open roof. Along with set choreography and written music, there is usually a section of dancer and musician interaction and improvisation in our live performance works. The movement and music is created spontaneously in the moment, inspired by the concept and the emotional life of the work. For Asanisi Masa, I wanted to see if we could return to this way of working and record it live on the roof. I knew the sound might be an issue, but I wanted to try it. In 21 years, we have never done a live performance without live music and the musicians as integral parts of the visual imagery. Due to the pandemic, however, this would be the first time any of us would dance to live music in more than a year. The past two projects, we worked with layering things and filming one artist at a time for safety. Some of my sound and audiophile friends tried to dissuade me. Wind, sirens, helicopters, traffic noise, forget about it. <laughs> well, I wanted to try. Maybe the unevenness of the sound will add to the feeling of being in the moment. And hey, didn't the Beatles record an entire album on a rooftop? I do think it's been done. As with all aspects of the creative journey, you really don't know what you will have until you do it. A combination of old, borrowed, and new sound recording equipment did the job. The sound was much better than I expected. For me, the live improvisations are the most exciting parts of the film. There were these incredible moments, like dancer Christian Laverde Koenig, with trumpeter Tim Higgins, and saxophonist Robin Verheyen, seeming to take every note of the musician's effusive call into his body, and in the end, trading riffs with them as if his body were a third horn. Dancer Robin Gilbert Campos and the same two musicians tell a mysterious story that seems full of pathos and longing, culminating in Ms. Gilbert drawing the two musicians into her in an engulfing embrace. One of my favorite moments in the film that that happens so beautifully and gracefully and yet completely unplanned and spontaneous. To me, this is magic. 
I know in my improv, it was such a joy to float over Thomas Helton and Tim Higgins playing free on the rooftop. I felt as if someone had let me out of a cage. For Asa Nisimasa, I had been playing with the idea of costumes that included a tunic that was designed to be taken off and hung on the roof towards the end of the work. This was my secular interpretation of the idea behind the Tibetan prayer flag. I am so overwhelmed by the beauty of the sentiment behind the Tibetan prayer flag. It's not hung as a request for something by the person who hangs it, but rather it is hung in an effort to send goodness out everywhere into the world. I thought the idea that the flags would start out by actually being worn by all of the artists would give the gesture of hanging them at the end a feeling of being personal. We would, in a sense, be sending ourselves, our dance and music, into all spaces. So here I am with a lot of ideas and a lot of hope and this tiny rectangle of space. I tell myself, you better make something and it better be strong and don't repeat yourself. As this was the third time around in this micro studio, it was difficult to create material and I was very frustrated. Then I would hear the news from other parts of the world and I would feel that my dissatisfaction with my limited space was indulgent and ungrateful. Don't complain, just make it as good as you possibly can. I told the dancers it would be like an accordion in that it would open out once we were rehearsing together on the roof. So unlike the other two previous projects, the only way we could make this fit at home was to mark some steps or just leave them out completely in the Zoom rehearsal and then reconstruct once we were together on the roof. Finally, in late June, 2021, everyone was through the vaccination process and we all met on the roof. It was so exhilarating despite the sweltering heat. The deck felt like sand at the beach on a sunny day. You could dance on it because you were moving, but you could not stand still on it for more than a few seconds. We would run the choreography and then dash under the deck for discussion and notes. It all felt so fresh and so different from what we had been doing, and yet so wonderfully familiar. The way in which the phrase Asanisi Masa manifested itself as the title to this new work felt to me also like a tiny piece of magic. When I launched my performing company more than 20 years ago, we premiered a dance and music work called The Fountain. It was inspired by the actress Anita Ekberg wading through the fountain of Trevi in Fellini's film La Dolce Vita. I was captivated by the quality of her body language, sensual and free, and by her beautiful beckoning gesture to Marcello Mastriani to join her. La Dolce Vita is in actuality a very serious and prescient film, foreshadowing how the focus on media hype and spin would erode our sense of self and our fragile human connection to each other. But as a young choreographer, I instead latched onto the metaphor of the fountain as a symbol of life and truth 
and the main character's need to possess it rather than finding it in himself. I was so taken by the simple image of Ekberg walking in the water with her gown trailing behind her and the soft beckoning gesture of her arms reaching out toward the viewer. Around this time, Steve, one of my closest friends, realizing how I loved La Dolce Vita, asked me if I had seen Fellini's Eight and a Half. He was shocked that I had not and insisted that I come over and he would show it to me. You need to see this, he said. This is the journey of every artist. I would watch it every year after that, sometimes again with Steve, and we would discuss different scenes and our impressions of them. With every viewing, I found something new. I was new to running a professional performing ensemble, and the stress of managing the artistic and the administrative challenges would often make me think of Marcello crawling under the table at a press conference to avoid questions he could not answer. The film was about the journey of making art and how this mysterious and fragile process must, in a way, be separate from the artist's ego, and how the self-judgment and self-doubt must ultimately give way to honesty and courage. Like Martha Graham said, it isn't your job to judge if it is good or not. The world will do that. It's our job as artists to make it. Listening to the music that composer Danielle Reich wrote for the very ending of Asanissimasa, when the tunics would be blowing in the wind, made me very emotional, an effect her music often has on me. What she had written felt absolutely perfect, and what immediately came into my head was a scene from the film Eight and a Half, a beautiful, unforgettable scene where the main character remembers an evening from his childhood, with his younger self running free, having a warm bath with other children, being wrapped in warm blankets and placed in a warm bed, and the sweet sound of a woman singing. The scene ends with the children sleeping, the grandmother watching over them, and then tending to chores in the kitchen the younger women taking the candles upstairs for the night, and the wind gently blowing out the fire. It is such a beautiful scene to have fixed in your memory. I take out my DVD of Eight and a Half and I watch that scene, looking for inspiration for the choreography for this final section of the film. On re-watching, I realize that I had completely forgotten that right before this incredible scene, the main character in the film is asked to explain his use of the phrase Asanissimasa. The people at the spa where he is staying want to know what does it mean? This question triggers this welcoming respite of memory, which we get to see in the film. In his recollection, just before the children fall asleep, a little girl chants explaining that it is a magical incantation. I text my friend Steve, quote, 
I am watching that scene in Eight and a Half where he is in the bath and wrapped in warm blankets and put to bed with a woman singing and the wind gently blowing, trying to get some ideas for the ending choreography. Steve texts back. Three words. Asanissimasa. He remembered better than I did that it is a magical incantation that triggers the memory for the character that Marcello Mastriani plays. This is what I am trying to do, make an incantation. I want to conjure a sense of well-being and maybe the idea that there really is no time. We ended the film, Asanisi Masa, with a group improv on the uppermost deck as the tunics blow in the wind. It was totally wild and free. Thomas was not able to be there with us as he had to go back to Houston, but he sent an amazing improvised ending the day of the filming. The dancers and musicians together on the roof responded to it in the moment, as if he were there. Everyone enjoying just being able to move and be together. I started researching the phrase asanisimasa and discovered that some people speculate it involves the use of a kind of an Italian children's game, meant to disguise words by adding either a sa or a si after the word. If you extract the root of each word of the phrase asanisimasa, you get the word anima, which is Italian for soul. Whether this was Fellini's intention, we will never really know. To me, it seemed like the perfect title for this new work. Dance and music is the very essence of our souls. It is our version of magic. And what better offering can we make to this fractured world than this that is our very essence? This has been Fly Over the Groove, the Michelle Brangwen Dance Ensemble's podcast. You can watch all three of the films that we made during the pandemic at brangwendance.org or youtube.com slash brangwendance. Thank you so much for listening. 